Thank you for that really kind introduction. Um, I was really involved with Agape Latte as a student, and I remember coming here for my first talk. I sat right over there as a freshman. That was almost eight years ago, believe it or not. And I'm just so honored to be here tonight, and I really appreciate all of you coming to hear my story. So my story uh, begins in many ways when I was sitting over there. I came for my first Agape Latte talk, and I never envisioned that A, I would be an Agape Latte speaker, but B, that I would have the job title creative video producer. That just wasn't on my radar at all. It was a, a path I was taking, I was, I was going in a very different direction. I would have predicted maybe I'd be a manager of accounting or some business degree. I was an accounting major at the time, and I never would have envisioned that I'd be in this position here today. So what I wanna to talk to you guys tonight about is the tension between your head and your heart. And I think a lot of us in this room can probably relate to that, especially in college. When I put myself back in your shoes when I was a student, I struggled a lot with that head versus heart, especially when it came to career discernment. So tonight, obviously, I'm going to tell you the story of my life that connects the dots to where I am today. But I want you to remember that it was full of a lot of self-doubt, uncertainty, not knowing what was the right step forward. But through discernment and through paying attention to certain experiences, mentors, friends, that really helped me to find my own way. So I wanna start with my first story, and it was the first video I ever made here at Boston College. So it was a September, a beautiful day, it was the second week of school, and I got a text from a friend named Megan, and she invited me to come to the first Agape Latte meeting of the year, where we're brainstorming how to advertise for Espresso Your Faith Week. So a lot of you might be familiar, you probably attended some of the events this year, it's a, a week with 30 different events that help you celebrate your faith and, and be a part of the BC community. So I remember I was sitting around this round table and on College Road with a lot of friends and peers, and we were brainstorming ways to, to advertise and get people to promote, to come to the events. So I remember on a whim, for some reason, I think I was inspired by the BC Happy video that had come out the year before. I said, what if we made a music video here at BC? Would that, would that be a great way to promote the program? And I'm not really quite sure why I suggested that. I had never been involved with video before. I had never picked up a camera. It wasn't really on my radar. But I remember the meeting went on and people continued suggesting things. And finally, at the end, the head of the program, Pete Trainer, he said to me, so John, do you want to actually go forward with this? Do you want to make this video? I'll never forget that moment. For some reason, it felt like my heart was kind of coming out of my chest. And I, I couldn't explain why, but I just remember feeling very much compelled to make this video. So I agreed and I said, hey, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll make this video. So that was on a Tuesday. A couple days later, I sat upstairs and lower on a Friday afternoon and I started brainstorming. The video we chose was Taylor Swift's Shake It Off. That was gonna be the song. Um, and I remember watching the Taylor Swift song over and over again, trying to line up Boston College with her music video. And I sat there compiling emails of people on dance groups, comedy groups, acapella groups, dining staff, facilities, all the people behind the scenes at Boston College that make it the special community that it is. So what does any naive video producer do on a Friday afternoon? They send the email right before a football game when no one's checking their email. But much to my surprise, people started responding. Over that, the course of that weekend, I started arranging shoots for the following week with all those groups I mentioned before. The, and that was the first week, so starting on Monday, that was the first time I experienced the joy of creativity and of creating something. Um, I went around that week with my friend John, Elizabeth's older brother, who you just heard from earlier, and we filmed everyone on campus. We spontaneously barged into dining halls and libraries. 
We arranged shoots with dance teams. We brought the all-male step team sexual chocolate into BAP's library, and they stood on the table stepping while other students pretended to be studying. We just had so much fun going around filming that video that week. And, you know, I remember that following Saturday, we edited after a football game. It took us a couple hours to compile. And the following Monday, it was out. And one moment I'll, I'll never forget, uh, I walked into the rat. It was an experience much like this. People were hanging out, having food, having breakfast together. And all of a sudden I could hear Shake It Off being played at different parts of the, of the rat. People were crowded around laptops, pointing each other out, laughing, comparing and noticing their friends in the video. And I'll, I never, that just meant so much to me. It was the first time I'd ever created something that other people were looking at and other people were appreciating. And perhaps the best part is it was showcasing the community that I loved, that had been giving me, given me so much already as a sophomore at BC. So a couple weeks later, I kind of went back to day-to-day -day life and I was sitting in Walsh Hall in my dorm room on the eighth floor. And I remember my roommate, Matt, was playing guitar. We're all hanging out, studying, when all of a sudden my phone started blowing up and people texted me, hey, go look on Twitter, go look on Twitter. And much to my surprise, Taylor Swift had actually seen the video and picked it up and she tweeted out a thank you saying, thank you, Boston College, this just made me so happy. Thanks for all who were a part of this. And I'll never forget the joy and like elation of that moment with my friends. We were thrilled, I couldn't believe it. And the best part was that Boston College was shown in this beautiful light. People from all walks of life at BC, everywhere from dining staff to maintenance, to dance teams, to administrators, to deans, Professor Wesner in the back was featured. So many in this room were in it. And it was just such a, such a joy to be a part of that process. So the next story I'm going to tell you is fast forward a year later. I'm on the halftime retreat. I'm sure many of you have been on halftime. If, not, if you're not familiar, it's a retreat that happens usually in your sophomore and junior year. And it's a career discernment retreat. And if, you've, if anyone has gone to Boston College, you probably know Father Heim's three key questions. What brings you joy? What are you good at? And who does the world need you to be? And I just think those, those three questions are really powerful. And Father Himes actually, fortunately, was one of my best mentors here at BC. I took quite a few independent studies with him, with my roommate. And the, the irony of it all was I felt like I was letting him down. I did not know how to answer those three questions. Of course, you know, I had disparate experiences, passions, hobbies, ways I could answer that, those questions but none of them felt like they were really pointing in a career direction for me. And when I, especially when I put it under the lens of accounting, did it bring me joy? Definitely not. Was it something I was good at? I was okay. And if I couldn't answer the, the first two questions, then I probably couldn't answer the third. So I remember leaving halftime a bit frustrated, a bit unsure of myself. But the, the, in the back of my mind, I started reflecting a little bit on that, that music video that I had made and put it under the lens of those three, three key questions. Did it bring me joy? Absolutely. Was I good at it? I wasn't sure. We had had some success, but that didn't necessarily mean I could be sustainably good at video. And honestly, my friend John was the one who knew all the cinematography and the editing, and it wasn't something that I had a lot of experience with. But did the world need me to do it? It was such a happy you know, moment for Boston College that it felt like I was contributing meaningfully. So it's something that I kept in the back of the mind as I left halftime. So from there, two events really happened that kind of changed my trajectory a little bit. Two, two separate events that came a few weeks after halftime. So it was November. It was just, just like this. It was fall of 2015. Boston College was playing Notre Dame at Fenway Park. And 
my friend Kevin flew in from South Bend, Indiana to spend time and go to the game. We tailgated, we had a great time, we went to Fenway. And later that night, we returned to my Cell Street apartment to find that it was completely ransacked. The clothes had been poured out of our, our drawers, all our valuables were gone, someone had broken in the back window while we were away at the game. The, the funny part of it all though, was there was one thing that the thieves didn't find value in, and that was my small handheld camcorder that I had. And you've probably seen a camcorder like this, you hold it in your hand and your parents probably filmed graduation or Christmas growing up or whatever tra family traditions you had, all those homemade videos were made on a camcorder like that. And it occurred to me in that moment, I was standing in this room with my clothes everywhere and my, our apartment torn apart, that maybe I should actually pick this thing up and had a little bit more inherent value than I was realizing. So that Christmas, I didn't have too much spare change after trying to replace my laptops and other, other equipment. And I decided to make a video for my mom, who's here in this room right now. I went around and I interviewed my cousins, my friends, my grandparents, loved ones. And it was the first time I started editing together any sort of video. It was the first time I started experiencing that joy of creativity once again. So it was, it was a, a spark that made me want to enroll in film classes in the spring of my junior year. So then there came another day in the spring of my junior year that I'll always, always remember. One of which involves another guy sitting in the back of this room. So I was kind of pouring my heart into these intro to film classes when I really should have been focusing on accounting. Because I should have mentioned earlier that at that time I had an internship lined up with Ernst & Young, which is one of the big four accounting firms. And the, the really great opportunity that's in front of you if you're at one of those jobs is you can probably predict where you're going to be five years down the road. I could probably tell you my job title, my salary, the kind of lifestyle I would have had. And if I had just kept my nose on the ball and done well in those classes, performed well in the internship, I would have a wealth of opportunities in front of me. But here I was staying up late, doing basic continuity editing assignments, learning how to expose a camera. And I just, I was so excited by filmmaking all of a sudden. So I remember there was one day I'd crammed for a fast two quiz. Anyone here in fast two? It's a really difficult accounting class. And I was woefully unprepared. So I went, I went in, my professor Diane Feldman took the quiz, did not do so hot. So Diane said to me, hey John, why don't you come up to my office in Fulton, let's talk. So I remember I went up to the fifth floor of Fulton, uh, she sat me down and she looked at me very bluntly and she just said, John, I think you need to have a come to Jesus moment. You have this passion for video. I hear about it all the time. Pe professors have told me that you've made a lot of videos around campus. Why do you feel the need to fit a square peg in a round hole? You know, I see a lot of accounting students and they actually have a passion for it. I know you're a relatively smart guy, but maybe this isn't for you. Maybe this isn't what you're, what you're called to do. So I remember being pretty floored that this professor who sends so many kids onto the big four and other similar firms to be successful, to provide for their families, she's telling me, maybe this isn't for me. I should consider following my passion. So I remember up on the fifth floor of Fulton, there's this staircase that kind of leads to nowhere. It must be like a boiler room or an electrical room or something. And I sat there for a good 30 minutes, just looking out over the quad through this stained glass window. And I remember thinking that maybe I should really heed her advice. But what really put me over the edge was a little bit later that day. Um, I was in Fulton once again for a class. It was about 4.30 to 7 o'clock class. And I was on the fourth floor, which is where the office of Tom Wesner is. So for those of you who don't know Professor Wesner, 
I'm gonna embarrass him when he's in this room. He's one of the more charismatic, intelligent, kind professors here at Boston College. And people really seek his mentorship. Normally, if you went in around noon or one, there was not a chance you'd have time with Professor Wesner, not because he didn't want to give it to you, because there was just a long line of students waiting to see him. But that night, I caught him as he was packing up and heading home. And I walked in, and it kind of felt like a movie scene. It felt like Goodwill Hunting or Dead Poet Society. There was sun coming through the back windows. Books were everywhere. This beautiful picture of Abraham Lincoln, this huge mural that Tom Wesner has in his room, is, is looming over our heads. And I sat down and I talked with him for about 30, 40 minutes. And I told him about what Professor Feldman had said to me earlier that day. And he looked at me square in the eye and he said the same thing. John, when are you going to give up this accounting crap and go do what you love? So two people had given me this slap that I really needed. And I have to share with you the quote that Professor Wesner sent, with me the, sent to me the next day. This is really, I think, the crux of what I want to share with you tonight. But I'm going to comment on it a little bit later on. But I want to share the quote with you now because I really found so much inspiration from it. It's by William, William Hutchinson Murray. Until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth. The moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never, never otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events issues from that decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance which no man could have dreamt would come his way. Whatever you do or dream you can do, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Nothing happens until you decide. And one more time, that key phrase, the moment that one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. So I didn't quit accounting on that day, despite hearing from these two mentors. I, I continued forward, and it, the rest wasn't history, that I chose video and the rest was over. Um, I had that internship that, wider, that summer at Ernst & Young, and I remember it was, it was amazing on paper. If you went to this internship and you had a passion for accounting, this is exactly where you wanted to be. It was on the 40th floor of the Hancock Tower. You could look over the whole city. You were working with intelligent, kind BC alums who were savvy with business and had a bright future in front of them. And I genuinely spent that whole summer wishing I liked accounting. I couldn't believe I'm saying that now, but I spent the whole summer wishing I enjoyed it. Um, and it turns out that at the end of your internship, there's this really cool opportunity when you, when you um, are enrolled in an internship. At the end of the summer, they get interns from all over the country and they fly you down to Walt Disney World. And I think the irony where that's like the mecca of film production and, and dreams and, and inspiration for creative work, I was supposed to get on a flight at 2 p.m. one afternoon to fly down to Disney. And at 8 a.m., I was interviewing for an unpaid internship at a marketing agency downtown in Boston called Hill Holiday. And I remember that, that morning, I was just kind of, I was excited to go to Disney, of course. Who doesn't love getting on those rides? But I was just kind of dreading that moment, like, is this the right choice for me? Do I really want to take this job? And I walked in to this agency, which was on State Street downtown, a high-rise building, and you can look out the windows and see the Customs Tower, which is that beautiful clock down in Boston. And I, I got a tour of the agency, and people were 
in the most creative, like they, they were dressed down, they were comfortable, they were bouncing tennis balls off the wall, thinking of ideas, they were in maker spaces, there was advertisements everywhere. And it occurred to me like, hey, this, this might be more of an environment that I wanna be in. So a couple weeks later, I, I started working at Hill Holiday and I spent 16 hours a week unpaid, taking the train, going down. I would grab coffee here on Hillside early in the morning and spend two days, eight hours a day at Hill Holiday. And I remember that, that fall, I just soaked up video as much as I could. I was relentless about learning, teaching myself how to use the camera, how to edit, trying to emulate filmmakers I enjoyed. And it just became this, this creativity that fall. Um, and I think one thing that really struck me is once I started committing to that quote, um, I met people that were willing to teach me and willing to work with me. I was at that internship and I was staying afterward with one of the colorists and he was teaching me color correction, how to edit, how to shoot. Um, and I found people that were willing to work with me and willing to, to mentor me and, and give me the opportunities that I really was seeking. Um, and that was you know, really rewarding. And it, and it felt like I had this passion that no one could take away from. And I was, I was just learning at a, at a rapid rate. Um, but that, so that later that fall, um, one of my, who would become perhaps my best mentor, Jack Dunn approached me and he had seen one of the recent Agape Latte videos I had done. And he said to me, John, would you ever be interested in working at Boston college? Your mentor, Sean Casey's moving on. He has another path in front of him. Would you ever want to stay here at BC and create the marketing videos that you've been helping out with this semester? So I remember I was floored. I was so excited. I had really had my eye on this job for a long time, but it, but it still gave me pause. I was still torn between my head and the heart because I had to make that decision. I had to commit. And on one hand, again, I had that road mapped out five years down the line, exactly what my job title would be, the opportunities I could give for myself and my future family. And on the, on the other hand, my heart, that was the, the heartstrings that were pulling at me this un newfound passion that I really loved, but I was very unproven in. I didn't have a ton of background in it. I had studied something else. It was really a, something I had learned on a whim my senior year. So what does any great filmmaker do when they're forced with a decision? They make a film about it and they try and play it out. So I, I took my senior thesis opportunity to make an autobiographical film. I cast my roommate, John Robert, as myself and we, he goes through this journey of, he has a job offer in front of him, and you see that he has this obvious passion for film and creativity in the background. And ultimately, the way I wrote the script was that John Robert, my roommate, takes the job in accounting. He takes the business role. He sits down on the top floor of the Hancock Tower, which I actually got to film in, and he, he reluctantly takes this job. And I saw that as a tragedy. I thought that was so sad. And there it was, my decision was made. I had to take this job at Boston College. So I have, I'm standing here today having the opportunity to tell so many stories of this community. There's so many people in this room I care about. This is a special place. And I have to say that so many of those disparate experiences and passions and interests that I was grappling with on halftime, they have come together in video for me. I have a chance to be social. I have a chance to interview people. I have a chance to be a mentor and a friend. I have a chance to work with students who are trying to learn filmmaking themselves and bridge that gap here on campus. And it's to go back to this quote. Well, well first, I want to mention before this quote, as I was learning video editing, I realized that editing video was a lot like making a puzzle. And I reflected on this as a senior. 
when, you, when you're making a puzzle, of course, you dump out all the pieces and you put the box in front of you. And it has this beautiful image that you're trying to create the puzzle to match. Well, in video editing, you go out, video editing, you go out and you shoot all the content. You film a time lapse of Gasson, you interview a student, you follow their day-to-day -day life, and you, you are left with all these puzzle pieces. Well, it turns out that there's no ideal image that you have to model. You have to create it yourself. And I think so too in life. I realized that I had spent so much of my time at Boston College trying to fit this ideal image of myself, this quote unquote successful John. This John that had noble pursuits. It wasn't a terrible thing to want to provide for your family, to make money, to be successful. But I realized that that really wasn't me. And I think we're all given puzzle pieces in life. Puzzle pieces that we choose, some that we didn't choose, some that were dealt on our own. And we have to make sense of that. And it's ever changing and really difficult to always understand what the next right step is. But I think when I come back to Wesner's quote, it really speaks to me because I want to share this with you one more time. The moment that one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. Nothing happens until you decide. And I think what rings true about that is when you're on the crux of a decision, all you can see is the obstacles down the road. All I could see was the reasons I wasn't going to be that good at film, that I couldn't make a living in it, that accounting had the stability that I really needed to pursue. All I could see was the obstacles. When in reality, once I committed, like I mentioned, so many people and good experiences came into my life. I met mentors that were BC alums who were willing to teach me lighting and cinematography and editing. Um, and some of the best stories I've had a chance to tell fell right into my lap. Here at BC, I've had a chance to profile the first Sikh baseball player in NCAA history. I've had a chance to make a Harry Potter themed video with my mentor, Father Himes. I've had a chance to make dance videos with some people in this room, dance, dance teams, talented people around campus, and it's brought me so much joy. And I, what I wanna share with you, and I hope what you'll take away from this talk, is that when you think about that your own journey with the head and the heart, the challenges that you're facing, the tough decisions you have to make, have faith that providence is at work too in that tension. Have faith that tension is actually drawing you to be a better version of yourself and a better version of yourself than you could maybe even have imagined in the first place. So I found that for myself. I could never have imagined this job, this opportunity, the opportunity to be here with you tonight. And I'm so grateful that I'm behind the lens at Boston College, able to capture the many amazing stories here. So thank you very much. Thanks for hearing my story. I really appreciate it.